the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in hearts, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It reminds me a little bit of Good Friday. O my people, what have I done to you? In what have I wearied you? Answer me. Micah's lament is leveled squarely at God's people. Despite God's clear instructions for a way of life that does justice, loves kindness, and walks humbly with God and with one another, the people have strayed. Despite God's enduring and unfailing faithfulness, it is God's people who have been unfaithful. They have forgotten who they are and whose they are. They have forgotten what God has done for them. Micah's lament against the people of Israel finds new expression in Christ's lament against the church in the words of the solemn reproaches, an ancient text used by many churches today across denominations, including our own in the Good Friday liturgy. The poem itself, speaking from the point of view of the crucified Christ and echoing Micah, repeatedly poses the question to its audience, oh my people, oh my church, what more could I have done for you? With each successive verse, Christ offers example upon example of God's faithfulness to God's people, drawing from the stories of our ancestors in faith. God has delivered us from slavery. God has led us across the desert, fed us with manna, guided us by a pillar of fire, given us water from the rock, and led us into a promised land. And in spite of God's persistent faithfulness, we stand accused as each verse ends, but you have prepared a cross for your Savior. 
despite God's faithfulness, we, God's people, have been unfaithful. We who are humanly imperfect, who pompously assert that we know what's best, we have forgotten who we are and whose we are. We have forgotten what God has done for us. On Good Friday, we center the message of the cross. And like Micah's audience who had lost focus on their identity as God's people, sometimes I wonder if we too have lost our center. Have we lost the message of the cross? Foolishness, St. Paul calls it. No wonder we resist it. No wonder we try to go our own way. On the other end of the liturgical year from Good Friday, the church commemorates Holy Cross Day every September 14th. Holy Cross Day, a Christian feast day with its roots in the 4th century, places at its center the cross. It's a fitting feast day for us Lutherans who thanks to our namesake, Martin Luther, have sometimes been called theologians of the cross. We place our emphasis on the cross because we believe that we can't have Easter without Good Friday, right? The resurrection without death is meaningless. The cross doesn't make much sense, though. The idea that God's glory and majesty and saving power are made known to us in this instrument of death? Foolishness. It certainly doesn't feel like the greatest evangelism tactic, especially at a time when we know the institutional church is in decline, only spurred on by the culture shift of the pandemic. For some demand signs, like how many people are filling the pews on Sunday morning, or the number of kids in Sunday school or glow, or a perfectly balanced budget and a healthy reserve to go along with it, and some desire wisdom, like the answers to all of life's questions, or a foolproof plan for growing the church. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to those who want to see signs and foolishness to those who want all the easy answers. We proclaim something far more valuable. We proclaim the message of the cross. It doesn't make any sense, but it's absolutely necessary. The cross is our center. The cross is the very reason we keep showing up Sunday after Sunday and Good Friday after Good Friday because we need to keep hearing this message. The cross shows us where God is in the foolish, despised, and rejected things of this world. The message of the cross reminds us that God is present where we least expect because, in the first place, God has become one of us. 
to be Emmanuel, God with us. It only makes sense that the first words then out of this Emmanuel God's mouth in his public ministry are words of blessing. And not just any blessing, but a blessing that is conferred on unexpected recipients in unexpected circumstances. Blessed are the poor in spirits. Blessed are those who lack, those who are ignored and left behind, those who struggle. Blessed are you. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who have loved and lost. Blessed are those who knows what it means to have everything and everyone they care about ripped out from their embrace. Blessed are you. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who have nothing to speak of. Blessed are those who are abused and taken advantage of by the more powerful. Blessed are you. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Blessed are those who are reviled and hated because they dare to stand up in the face of injustice and proclaim, this isn't right. Blessed are those who come to the defense of their siblings who are oppressed, marginalized, abused, and ignored, and speak up on their behalf. Blessed are you. These blessings make no logical sense but that doesn't make them any less true. God's blessing is pronounced on unexpected people and revealed in unexpected but wholly profound ways. God has come into this world as Emmanuel, God with us, to turn the world upside down and to subvert all of our expectations, to bless the poor, the mourning, the meek, and the rejected, and to say to us, you are enough. You are loved. The kind of blessing that God offers to us is not about bliss or perfect happiness or having all the answers or having it all figured out. This kind of blessing is the assurance of being in God's love, no matter the circumstances. And this kind of blessing is revealed most fully in the cross because the cross shows us where the God who blesses is. Alongside those who are grief-stricken, those who have been rejected, and those who feel like they have nothing more to give. Blessed are you. No matter where you are in your life or on your faith journey, Blessed are you, no matter how far removed you feel from God or from community. Blessed are you, no matter how deserving or not you feel. Blessed are you. God bends to us in weakness and in foolishness and blesses us and reminds us we are never outside of God's love.